The QuackCast Revenant Edition. This is number 228 and is entitled Spontaneous Human Combustion, a sort of narrative review. I recently read Charles Dickens' Bleak House, 5 out of 5, an excellent book and well worth the time. It is a lengthy book. He definitely got paid by the word. I like to read older books using audio. I don't know why, but the logarithmic circumlocutions of 19th century writers are better heard than read. It is why I only listen to respectful insolence. Just kidding, David. In deep into the book, I came across, quote, The cat remains where they had found her, still snarling at something on the ground before the fire in between two chairs. What is it? Hold up the light. Here is a burnt patch of flooring. Here is the tinder from a little bundle of burnt paper, but not so light as usual, seeming to be steeped in something. And here is, is it the cinder of a small charred and broken log of wood sprinkled with white ashes, or is it coal? Oh, horror, he is here, and this from which we run away, striking out the light and overturning one another in the street, is all that represents him. Help, 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 come into this house for heaven's sake, plenty will come in, but none can help. The Lord Chancellor of that court, true to his title in the last act, has died the death of all Lord Chancellors in all courts and all authorities in all places under all names soever, where false pretenses are made and where injustices is done. Call the death by any name your highness will, attribute it to whom you will, say it might have been prevented how you will. It is the same death eternally, inborn, inbred, engendered in the corrupted humors of the vicious body itself, and that only spontaneous combustion, and none other of all deaths that can be died. As I said, he's a little wordy, but death by spontaneous human combustion? In Dickens? What the? I will henceforth refer to it as SHC to ease my weary fingers. But it turns out that Dickens was quite the proponent of SHC. He was criticized for that at the time, and like any good believer in the absurd, he doubled down. Quote, The possibility of what is called spontaneous combustion has been denied since the death of Mr. Crook, and my good friend Mr. Luz, quite mistaken, as he soon found in supposing the thing had been abandoned by all authorities, published some ingenious letters to me at the time when that event was chronicled, arguing that spontaneous combustion could not possibly be. I have no need to observe that I do not willingly or negligently list I have no need to observe that I do not willfully or negligently mislead my readers and that before I wrote that descriptions, I took pains to investigate the subject. There are about 30 cases on record, of which the most famous, that of Countess Corlinia de Baudi Cisnate, if that's pronounced correctly, was minutely investigated and described by Giuseppe Bianchini, a prebenitary of Verona, otherwise distinguished in letters, who published an account of it at Verona in 1731 after he afterwards republished in Rome. The appearance, beyond all rational doubt, observed in that case are the appearances observed in Mr. Cook's case. That's the character, by the way, who died of spontaneous human combustion. The next most famous instance happened at Reims six years earlier, and the historian in that case is Le Cat, one of the most renowned surgeons produced by France. The subject was a woman whose husband was ignorantly convicted of having murdered her, but on solemn appeal to the higher court, he was acquitted because it was shown upon evidence that she had died the death of which this name of spontaneous combustion is given. 
I do not think it necessary to add that these notable facts, and that general reference to the authorities, which will be found on page 30, volume 2, of the recorded opinions and experiences of distinguished medical professors, French, English, and Scotch in more modern days, contenting myself contenting myself with observing that I shall not abandon the facts until there shall have been a considerable spontaneous combustion of the testimony on which human occurrences are usually received. End of wordy quote. As mentioned by Dickens, although he got the name wrong, the first reported case of SHC was Cornelia Zangery Bandy, who died in 1731, having been found in the morning, quote, reduced to a pile of ashes that was little more than one meter from the bed. Although her lower legs below the knee, three fingers in the front of her skull were relatively intact. The bed and the rest of the furniture had not been affected by the fire, but was covered by a greasy, smelly layer, End quote. The event was reported by the Reverend Joseph Bianchini, a prebend of the city of Verona. It has been suggested that since this particular SHC was reported by a member of the church, the facts of the case must be true. Right. Like the church is noted for being honest and forthright. I would be disinclined to automatically grant veracity on any topic to such a source, except perhaps on how to maintain a worldwide child molestation ring without the need of a pizza parlor as a front. I'm sure her death by fire had nothing to do with the fact that she was known to sprinkle camphorated brandy on her body at bedtime to relieve pain. Nah, covering herself with flammable fluids in a world lit by candles would never lead to disaster. The most likely cause of spontaneous human combustion has been worked out. Somebody dies, often a smoker and a drinker. The coal from the end of the cigarette, perhaps a spark from a nearby fire, smolders through the cotton clothes, burring down until it hits fat. Then you get a slowly burning candle, the cotton being a wick that is fed by the adipose, until most of the torso is gone. I mean, ick. But it is a straightforward explanation. So what does that have to do with science-based medicine? Well, for hoots and giggles, I entered spontaneous human combustion into PubMed. 111 hits, dating back to 1848. While most turned out not to be human spontaneous combustion, hay, garbage dumps, and coal can suffer the same fate, I thought it would be entertaining to wander through the medical literature on the topic, hence the narrative review. For those of you who did not know, a narrative review is, quote, a review method in which researchers summarize different primary studies from which conclusions may be drawn in a systematic way and from a holistic point of view contributed by the researcher's own experience and existing theories. Practically speaking, it is a book report with unsubstantiated opinions by people who can't use the statistics required for a systematic review. This is perfect for me. Case reports. Let's start in 1848 and move forward in time and see what the medical literature has to say about spontaneous human combustion. The first report was interesting for two features. First, when the body was first discovered, it was noted that, quote, on the body of the deceased, a small lambent whitish flame was seen. Lambent, by the way, means glowing, gleaming, or flickering with a soft radiance, kind of like a candle. It is a word I did not know but it is curious that he was indeed burning like a candle. Fits with the most likely explanation of how spontaneous human combustion occurs. 
The deceased was not fat nor a drinker, but was known to carry matches in his waistband. They eventually blamed a warm brick he kept in bed with him to keep his feet warm as the source of the combustion, doubt it, because at the time it was thought that whatever process normally kept the body warm could spin out of control and ignite a person. The other fact was that the son and daughter were accused of killing him and burning the body, but were acquitted after the examining physician called it spontaneous combustion. The second case of the 19th century concerned the death of Countess Gurlitz, I'm terrible at German, at Darmstadt on the 13th of June, 1847, and is presented as a murder mystery in a lengthy report from 1852. Part of the mystery is that she was found burned in bed, but she had the habit of locking herself in the room at night, and she had the only key. Atypical for spontaneous human combustion, the fire appeared to start at the head and neck rather than at the torso. It was said that the spontaneous human combustion is difficult to extinguish with water, like any grease fire, I suppose, and this fire was easily put out. So, per Dr. Graff, so it was one of many reasons that the death was considered atypical for spontaneous human combustion. In the end, it was decided that indeed she had been murdered by John Stouth instead of Light. The author did note of the famous case referenced by Dickens as, quote, a very silly and fabulous relation abounding in those marvelous circumstances which weak minds take pleas in remarking. And the author also noted, quote, the tendency of which is to create wonder and terror at an unknown event of doubtful occurrence and at variance with known physical laws, which could be the motto for science-based medicine. The last case of the 19th century in the medical literature was not really spontaneous human combustion, but I really enjoyed the style of the author. Quote, Twelve years ago last August, a man met death in a particular and horrible manner in San Francisco. James Harley, the victim, had just recovered from an attack of delirium tremens. He had been a regular sot and was thoroughly soaked with alcohol. His last attack of the Jim Jams was the third he had undergone within a few months. On the morning in question, he had started on another spree. At about 11 o'clock in the day, he had all the liquor on board he was able to carry. Stepping into a saloon on one of the principal streets, he called for a swig of bug juice, which was promptly refused, the bartender noting the condition of the man and remembering his late battle with the snakes. Harley scowled and turned to a gas jet to light his pipe. A second later, there was a drunken moan, a flash of alcoholic fire, and Harley fell heavily to the floor, his head and neck veiled in smoke, with blue jets of flame issuing from his ears, mouth, and nostrils. As soon as water could be procured, water was a commodity rather scarce in such places, it was dashed into the sufferer's face, not in time, however, to save his life. His face was black as that of a negro. His ears were charred, the inside of his mouth black, and the tongue burned to a crisp, end quote. I really wonder how high his blood alcohol level was to become a human alcohol flame. There was then a lull in the medical literature until the 1990s. There was a case of a seizure patient who had two matchbooks in his pocket. The seizure caused one matchbook to rub against the striking surface of the other, igniting the patient's pants. Again, not a true spontaneous human combustion, but another way, albeit rare, that a human could erupt into flames. Probably a more plausible 
explanation than exposure to cosmic radiation. Most of the other papers are reviews of the topic that rehash the topic from the point of view of forensic medicine, which is important. Was the patient killed then satellite? Usually. Or was it a rare, perfect storm that led to the not-so-really-spontaneous human combustion? Is it SHC? Or is it murder? Experiments. There have been a few experiments published in the medical literature looking into SHC. Given its rare importance in forensics, I was surprised at the lack of basic research. Probably why the topic has not been covered in one of those police procedural shows that I can find. I don't watch those shows, but a Google search failed to find any. Finding a body to burn is difficult, I would think, but there is a pig model. Quote, previous tests by these authors have demonstrated the conditions necessary to promote combustion of a body. The presence of adequate body fat, presence of a porous, rigid char to act as a wick, an external flame source sustained for several minutes to char the body and cause the subcutaneous fat to begin rendering. In the test reported here, a freshly slaughtered pig carcass with a net weight of 125 pounds was wrapped in a cotton blanket and placed on a carpet-covered plywood panel. Say that three times really fast. The fire was initiated with a one liter of gasoline poured on the shoulder area of the blanket-wrapped carcass. I'm going to stick with a pellet grill. I want one for Christmas. The gasoline burned off within four minutes, having ignited a large area of the blanket and adjoining carpet. Flames from those fuel packages resulted in the establishment of a steady-state fire sustained by the renderings of the body fat, with the necessary wick provided by the charred cotton blanket and carpet. The rate of heat release of this fire was 60 plus or minus 10 kilowatts, with flames less than 12 inches high for its duration. The fire sustained itself by the rendering process for more than six and a half hours from ignition, at which point it was extinguished. An average mass loss of 1.5 grams per second, 5.3 kilograms per hour, was observed during the self-sustained fire. Extensive destruction of the carcass, more than 60% of the weight, reduced reduction of large bones to a fragile, ashen state. They do not mention what, if any, barbecue sauce was used on the remains. So that's the pig model, although my wife has long been of the opinion that most men are pigs, so it may be a good human model as well. But in science, one always starts small and works their way up. For example, you can burn bits of people. Quote, two experiments were conducted. The first involved the cremation of healthy and osteoporotic human bone and observing the resulting fragmentation and color change. Osteoporotic elements consistently displayed more discoloration and a greater degree of fragmentation than healthy ones. The second experiment involved the combustion of a sample of human tissue, an amputated leg, and observing the flame height and burning in order to calculate the effective heat of combustion. The resulting heat of 17 kilojoules per gram, indicating a fire that was unlikely to spread. Man, can you imagine the smell? I never could tolerate the smell of electrocautery. I hope they used a hood. Although, quote, burning muscle tissue gives off an aroma similar to beef in a frying pan, and body fat smells like a side of fatty pork on the grill. I hope I never learned from experience. That is mostly it for basic research on spontaneous human combustion. Not an area that would be easy to explore and not open 
to odd speculation? Or is there? Theories. As mentioned, the mechanism by which most cases of spontaneous human combustion occur is reasonably well worked out. But not everyone is convinced. For example, Mr. Siun Ayudade, I have no doubt I butchered his name as well, and I apologize, who is an independent researcher in Nigeria, wondered if spontaneous human combustion or the microzymas the culprit? Question mark? Well, the short answer is no, but he suggests, quote, it could very well be that in rare instances, the microzyma carry out some extremely exothermic reactions for which tissue conduction is hopelessly inadequate, and thus the cells, tissues, organs, and systems literally burn up, exclamation mark. The death of the unfortunate individual coincides with the decoordination of the microzyma, and that explains why the fire doesn't affect inanimate objects around the victim to an appreciable degree. It could very well be? Well, not so much. This hypothesis was published in the Global Journal of Forensic Science and Medicine. I think they are failing their aim of publishing quality articles. And it was peer-reviewed. Who would review this article? A naturopath? But it's curious how ideas never die. Microzymas were first hypothesized by Beauchamp, the anti-Pasteur. The microzyma, which, by the way, does not exist, quote, is an independently living element found in all living organisms and survives after the death of the organisms. It functions to both build and recycle the organism. Mr. Ayuade seems to have an ID fixe on the topic, as he is also of the opinion that, quote, the future of medicine lies in microzyma research, not in stem cell research. Flexner, the germ theory fiend. I love that. Germ theory fiend. I want that on my tombstone. So, what did we learn? Not much. So I will conclude with the always lame classics. More research needs to be done, and the next time you see a person mostly consumed by fire, consider spontaneous human combustion. And that ends the QuackCast number 228. The references are on the Science-Based Medicine article of the same title from September 19, 2023. And as a reminder, my first novel is out, Skeptic in the Pub, Cholera. It's available at Amazon and other fine booksellers, and I suspect your existence will be incomplete until you purchased it and bought it. If you are uncertain that you want to buy such a remarkable book, it's being serialized over at Science Based Medicine, half a chapter a week, so you can get a taste for what I've written. Otherwise, I'll see you next time. Bye.